Welcome to the good life. I'm Nick McLaughlin, and today we got my friend, my producer, my bad boy over here, Jake Abramson, joining us. And we're going to be talking about taking life too seriously and why you shouldn't do it and why it's bad for your health. So you've been going through some tough times recently. I just want to hear about it. Yeah, no. So, you know, as a mixing engineer and slash musician, you know, we're very creative type of people and this is, affects everyone. But, you know, specifically me, um, I obsess about everything very meticulously. Like um, it has to be perfect. And if it's not like I won't be able to sleep, like I literally will lay in bed and I won't be able to sleep. I'll have to physically get up, get dressed, turn on my entire studio and fix whatever it needs to happen in order for me to go to sleep. So wait, so how... How bad is it though? Is it like, I've seen people that they have to go to the door a million times and redo, like reclose the door until it's closed exactly at the sound they like or something. Like how bad is it on the scale of one to 10, 10 being really, really bad? Yeah. So, you know, there's different types of OCD. Um, so that's like a physical compulsion, um, of something that they have to do. Um, you know, like that, whether it's a number or a certain amount of times, um, they have to do something or they have to say something. Mine isn't like that. Um, I have a thought OCD compulsion pattern. So that means that that's about me. That's <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people. Um, mine started actually when I was four though. Um, I was diagnosed at four. Was there like an opening moment for that where you've just kind of realized that there was something different? Yeah. The doctor told me that (laughs) they told my parents, they're like, yeah, your child has OCD. (laughs) Just out of Um, nowhere. Okay. Yeah. I was very fearful of everything. So I was afraid that, you know, if we got in a car that I was going to get into an accident or that when I would sleep at night that there was going to be a fire or an earthquake and I would like prepare for it and I wouldn't be able to let it go. See, like that's the thing too is like I have moments like that too, but there's a difference. And what, how would you say the difference is between someone who's just being like a little extra and then, you know, I have OCD. This is different. Yeah. Um, the, the time that it gets to OCD is once it starts to become, uh, a nuisance in your life. So when it becomes more than just like a thought, like, you know, normal people, they have thoughts where they obviously worry about things and stress out about things. Um, once it turns into a level where you can't let it go and you are literally grabbing your face because it's like the thought is getting louder in your head. And it takes over to where you can't function on what you're doing because you are obsessing about one specific thought or it prevents you from going and doing something and you develop a phobia like, you know, agoraphobia of going out or whatever it may be. That is when it reaches a new level of compulsion where you can't let it go. Where did this come from? Yeah, I would say this something very similar to uh, I made a post on Instagram today about something like that for for your emotions. You know, when you want to control your emotions or someone else's emotions, it basically works in the opposite. So, whatever it is you want, just try the opposite. Surrender, yeah. because it's like you are that rock in the center of a stream that is trying to get by and flow in your life. That's but beautiful. Inst- but instead you're building a dam. Yeah. Damn it. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great pun. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. So, you know, um, for me, I can't speak for everybody, but you know, mine is to a point where like I 
have spent nights just staring at my ceiling because I could not let go of something that I said to someone, right? It wasn't even bad. It wasn't even something that they were probably giving a second thought to, but for me, it just would not leave my head. And so for those types of situations, the CBT therapy is, you know, about acknowledging what your thought is and then letting it happen. But then you have to That's combat gotta it. That's got to be tough. That's what's tough yeah. is you letting it happen because you, you want to control it, right? You don't, and that feels like you're out of control. But when you do, then you can step back and look at it objectively and you have to say why this is either true or why it's not true or the worst case scenario mm-hmm. or the best case scenario. Yeah. I, there was a, I think that getting clear with things is the number one step to a lot of problems if not able to rest at night you know if you're stressing all the time you're having panic attacks i was talking to somebody online and they were i asked them what they thought about having a panic attack and they said well i label it as a panic attack because once i label it as that i'm aware of it so i don't have to freak out about what it's not and what it is what it isn't right and then once i do that i can move forward and progress So stating it out loud even helps. Writing it down or just being clear on it helps a lot, I think. I love what you said right there because the first time that I had my first panic attack, I was uh, 21 and I was dealing with vertigo. And that's when your body is spinning. Your head is spinning constantly. You can't see. Hmm. And I thought I needed to go to the hospital. I thought I was dying. You weren't driving or anything, right? That would be terrifying. No, 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 no. I I was at my house. But um, it was the scariest thing in the world. I thought that I was dying. Like I could not oh, wow. grab air. And you know, at the time I was still living at home and my mom was like, you're okay. You're just having a panic attack. I promise you, you don't need to go to the hospital. And I was like, mm. this can't be real. Ever since that moment, I finally knew like what anxiety really could do if you don't acknowledge it and yes. you let it build up. Yeah. I, so I, I haven't had a whole lot of panic attacks, but the ones that I have had, it's the weirdest feeling. Like you just don't expect it to get worse like that. Yeah. Like for me, I've always had a thing with uh, receiving. I have I have had a problem receiving. I love giving, but my friend he wanted he and his group of friends took me out to dinner once, and I didn't have any money. It was really bad. I, I was just not making money that month at all. So they were like, "Hey, so if we're gonna buy a big dinner." And you can just have as much as you want. I'm like, no, I can't, I can't. Yeah. And I would freak out. It would get worse and worse. And they're like, no, it's cool. Like, we don't care about money here. Like, we're friends. We're trading, like, energy, you know? We're, we like your energy. We like who you are. And something in my mind just would not let me receive. And I was, ha- I was panicking so bad, I wouldn't even take a French fry. My, my hand, like, froze. Like, and I, was started, uh, I started hyperventilating, and I had to go to the bathroom and just wash my face with water because I couldn't breathe. And I was just thinking about how I just don't deserve. It's like these, these mental, I don't have OCD, but, but I have like a past with a lot of trauma with certain things I've had to overcome and they stuck with me. So it got to the point where it was conflict. My past was conflicting with my present self, which is over that stuff, but my past self wasn't. And it's just kind of interesting. Yeah. But yeah. So what do you think that was? Why, why do you think you haven't been able to receive? I know this about you. I want to help like everyone understand how to respect you the way that I do. What was that that kept you from being able to accept something because you're clearly deserving of it? 
Like if anybody knows this guy, like I do, he is one of the most generous people. No, 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 no. I'm not trying to flatter you right now. I'm dead serious. Nick is willing to help anybody. He literally will not do it for any money. He sh- he does now, but before he wouldn't do <laughs> it, it for money <laughs> because he just wanted to help people so badly. I have never in my life met anyone who genuinely wants to help people like Nick does. So when I'm saying this, I want you guys to know that Nick is someone who genuinely deserves to get a French fry. <laughs> so right. can you tell us what in your head would stop you? You can have the podcast. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. That was really nice. I really appreciate that, man. No, man, that's the truth. I think it was a mix of things. But I'll say, simply put, that we all have a past. A lot of us are effed up. And um, I've been coaching for 18 years, never told people, I never charged money. I never, I just loved doing it. And I love hearing stories for people. And I started doing it when I was depressed because it was the only thing that got me out of depression was to give and listen to other people and help them feel heard. Cause I felt like I'm not making a difference. So if they feel heard, I feel like I'm making a difference in someone's life. So I matter in some way. Yeah. So my past was conflicting constantly and I grew past that but it was like a blanket on top of a, a of a big mess on the ground you know like t- that's and that's what I would just say time is but basically I never confronted the past so when you don't confront things and you don't get clear with them and you don't open up about it and you just kind of let it go by it's still there so my problem was that I never confronted what the past me believed with the current self believes. Because the current self, my current self went through a ton of tr- training programs and, or, you know, like I just, I always faced my fears, you know. I talked myself up every day for, for years. And the past me still was not being confronted about any of the pain that he had to go through because he needs to be heard. And a lot of people that are depressed, are going through something they don't they don't want solutions they just want to be like hey listen can i just have a voice like can you not tell me that by like i'm overreacting can you not tell me that this yeah, is crazy no that's huge because I, I feel the same way too and i'm sure a lot of people do but when you're upset about something you don't want someone to come in and belittle what you're upset about it's annoying it's like, annoying. I get where you're coming from it's like yeah but you're like uh, after the situation, you're like, yeah, okay, that was pretty dumb, right? <laughs> but, yeah. But, you know, in the moment, you don't want to hear that because it's not helpful, right? It's like telling an angry person to calm down. They're just going to punch you in the face. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's not helpful. <laughs> it's so, like telling a kid that's about to lick ice cream, don't lick that. Yeah. Of course, they're going to eat their ice they're cream. They're going to eat the ice cream every time. I'm still going to eat the ice cream every time. I'm <laughs> not even a kid. <laughs> no, I'm going to get some ice cream. I'll be right yeah. back. <laughs> but you were talking about OCD. And I wanted to hear, like, if you had uh, an example of, like, things you would say and you would hear in your head with OCD that, you know, like, were, like, obviously. Man, I've been dealing with it uh, pretty much this whole week. This whole quarantine thing is exacerbated like crazy. Um, I actually didn't have it for a long time. I was doing really well and doing a lot of the practices, and I've kind of fallen out of the practices, and they come back. So, like, for instance... um, my tone with someone. Um, I'm a salesman. That's what I do for a career. Yes, and you are. So I, <laughs> a kick-ass one. 
I am a good salesman, but I also am not a mean or rude or violent human being either. However, in my head, sometimes I view myself as that type of a human being, which I'm not. Mm. But so I'll have an interaction with anyone, any single person. Um, but if I think that I said anything where I saw them kind of pull back or, you know, change their demeanor on me where I felt you to make it up about you. Uh, yep. And then I, I internalized it and I feel like, man, I need to apologize. And I will literally go in my head for hours. It's got to be a lot I need of work. To, uh, apologize. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, the worst part about it is sometimes when I leave hanging out with friends or something, and I know that I said something that um, I thought was a big deal, but they didn't, right? I'll even send them a message, like a text after, and they'll always tell me, dude, what are you talking about? And I just know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm the only one who's even recognizing oh, these man. things or seeing it. But I genuinely, I genuinely get what you're talking about. I don't know if that's as, if I have OCD because I think that all the time. I think yeah. it's just an insecurity, honestly. It's yeah, but definitely. I, I think insecurity. it's worse for people with OCD, right. like on a magnified level. But sometimes it gets really bad, and I will literally pull my hair out. Mm, like okay. I will start pulling my hair because I am so frustrated, and I have so much energy that I just I can't say it to the person. I can't. Yeah, that's like, the worst. I part. have to get it out, and I can't. That's the worst part. Is yeah, you like. For me, for a long time, I was so uncomfortable with silence. And you have to acknowledge that you're not always reality. Right. Um, you know, I was bullied growing up too, like in elementary school. Um, I was in a very, very, very small school. There were only five guys and, thir and, and uh, oh, wow. eight girls. Okay. That was a whole class. Very, very small. Very, yeah. very small. No pun so, intended because they're yeah. in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> no, but so, you know... Um, I was, since I had this OCD, right, I was, I was, I was weird. I was on the outside and, you know, most, you know, six-year-olds and, you know, 10-year-olds, they have zero idea how to deal with something like that. And I don't blame them, right? I've made peace with all of that and let that go. But at the time, not being accepted really fed that into my mind, right? Yeah, so that I, is kind of where I still, to this day, walk away from a situation. I feel like I'm the worst, I feel mm -hmm. like I'm, I said the worst human being that I was just a gigantic a-hole and that like, I will go way overboard with it. It's so not true. And I know it's not true, but it spins around in my head and it's like a roller coaster. Um, I don't know if you ever did the spin out at magic mountain. Oh yeah. I almost threw up on that? that thing. Oh man, that was the worst If you ride. throw up on the ride, It'll go in someone else's face. That's the good part. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you, but it may come back around to you. No, but <laughs> just like everybody's watching it. Like, oh shit! I don't want this thing to stop. No, I was always like that. That was the one thing that I've seen people actually, you know, have that happen to. And then they got to stop the ride and they got to clean it. But yeah, um, it's like that. You know, my mm. thought will get stuck to the wall and it'll spin around and it'll go faster and faster and faster and faster oh. and to the point where I used to pick my skin. Like I would literally pick the yeah. skin underneath my fingernail until I would bleed. Wow. I would like, I, I had to wear gloves in elementary really? school because it was so bad. Yeah. Um, I had to have silly putty so that I didn't do that to myself. Um, That's smart. Silly putty. Yeah. It, it worked huh. out. It worked out. I always found a way, but you know, it was weird, you know, when you're like seven years old and you're wearing gloves to school. Yeah. Know, like, made of silly putty. Yes. Made of silly putty. No, but, um, 
yeah. So, I mean, even to this day, you know, sometimes when it just builds up too much, like I will just like get so frustrated. Like I will just like grab my hair and just, cause it's loud. It's like a speaker in my yeah. head. So oh, this is man. not like me just being insecure, right? This is like a real thing where it's like, I can't control these thoughts and I have to allow them to happen and mm. try to combat them. And that's, what's hard. <clears throat> See, I had a very similar thing with that too, where, um, when I was bullied, um, and at junior high and elementary school, um, cause I was depressed. I was rubbing my circles under, I made circles under my eyes by rubbing so much and pulling my eyelashes out till they bled and I had gaps in between it. It was really bad. Um, so I would get bullied for that. And, um, so as the years went by, I would always feel like everybody was staring at me yeah. at all times. I never in my life, unless I was in my room by myself, I never, even up till about 28 years old, I was like, I feel like I'm being watched at all times and it was exhausting and it just takes up all the energy and it makes you, made me terrified of people like I would go, I couldn't go to the grocery store. Anytime I would stand in, in line, I would start sweating and hyperventilating and I would look around. And um, the only thing that helped me was by like staring at one object for a while and just focusing on it and just letting everything go. Like, okay, cool. I'm just going to focus on that. I don't care if it's my reality. I have to try and protect myself. I don't care. I'm just going to focus on this one little thing. That's it. And it actually worked. That was the only thing. Was there something that ever like supported you similar to that? Um, man, we are screwed up. Like, dude, I know. <laughs> like, so if, many you sh- if you saw us walking down the street, you would never go into that right? or even talking to us. I really, you know, like now I don't feel like people would get that vibe, but it's definitely that's, true. We were screwed up. That's not, yeah, we yeah, were, we were, but that's not even all the problems we've had in our life, but that's why we are how we are now. You know, we are, but I think we are how we are now, but not because bad stuff happened to us, but because we chose to say, you know what? Let's acknowledge this. Let's get clear on this and let's grow. Cause I'm going to acknowledge you because you have always been a person I've been super impressed about is that you, no matter how you feel, you're always like, you know what? I'm going to do the best thing I can do. I'm going to create a new solution. If you don't find solutions, you create them. Like you made your own weights for <laughs> well, your backyard. Not, they're Which, coming, but yeah, I mean, you know, I couldn't find weights anywhere. So it's like just amazing how you've always created your own solutions. Like even more creative than I could think of. And I feel like I'm a creative person, you know, I'm <laughs> you all around artists to do all these different things, but I'm like, I come over here, you built something new, but I think that's truly symbolism for who you yeah. are as a person because you build new, new opportunities in your life. If you don't see them, you create them and you're like, I'm going to make, I'm going to find a way. And that's the way that can get you out of anything. Totally. Apparently even helping you with, with OCD and with anything else, other problems you have, depression, anxiety, it's that find a way mentality. That's, that's literally the, one of the only things that has helped me in my life. Me too. I recognize that in you. Dude, it, I can't even tell you how many times that that has gotten me out of a situation that I could have just given up and just, you know, been whatever. I don't care anymore. And that mentality, I mean, it. if you have that, you can't stop. You can't. It's no, just, it's in no you. Way. And, it's, you, it's like and everyone has it too. You just have to cultivate it, right? So if you haven't exercised that muscle in a while, which is what it's like, you know, you got to work it. It you is have a to muscle, force yourself 
to actually get up and to do it when you don't feel like it. Like, you know, if you haven't felt good about, you know, your image, right? Go, go work out. Oh yeah. Challenges. But yeah, but set achievable goals is really what has helped me the most is, you know, like, uh, for instance, if some, someone's like me and they're struggling with uh, compulsive behavior, right? You say, okay, I'm going to give myself 10 minutes to feel this. And after you set a timer and after 10 minutes, you can't feel that way anymore. You have to get everything out right then and there. And then after that, you have to move on with your day. Yeah. So you have to like give yourself permission to do that, but it's just small accomplishments are going to help get that momentum. Oh, they add up right? a lot. They add up and it starts to build and then it builds. And even when you get knocked back down, you still have that momentum to keep going. Oh yeah. I don't know if this is something my girlfriend made up, but she's been doing this and it helps her. Is She said, I'll wake up and I'll have 10 things to do in the day. I'll give myself a list of 10 things and they'll start really small. Like brush my teeth is a thing. Yep. One out of nine, one out of the 10 things will be brushing my teeth. The next one will be something small and you just kind of build up. I think that's genius. I think that's really smart. And I think that it's also smart to have at least one thing a day too, that is outside of your comfort zone completely. It's like, I would never normally do this. And it's not too, it's not too out there. It's doable, but just barely doable. Yeah. You know, and I, that's, that's huge. Like it's that progression and you said it's a muscle and it's so true. Because it's, I like that because people, we all have the same ability. We have abilities within our minds to think the same thing. We can create whatever we want. But but the thing is, it's a muscle. And the more you work it out, the easier it gets. And the more you got to step it up and you get addicted to it. You do. Because it's like, like, like a muscle. You get addicted to progress. Yeah. And what your girlfriend does, by the way, is a great tactic that works really well because you're achieving goals. You're feeling productive, right? The people that don't feel productive are not keeping track because once you start to see what you actually do during the day, every action that you do, right? That is being productive than just laying there and watching TV. And it's there's this great app called Today. Hmm. Uh, and it's just hard to remember, today. but I'll try. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> there you go again. Um, <laughs> no, but it, so it, it is free. And I highly recommend it to anybody who is, you know, struggling with feeling unproductive and like they're not just doing we're much. We're not being sponsored right now. We're not. No, we're not. I mean, yeah, it's, I, we're not sponsored yet. Not yet, but BMW, we're here. <laughs> yeah, BMW, come at it. <laughs> um, no, but you can set your own goals and you can just set your, um, what you, how many times you want to accomplish this during a week and you set as many activities, right? And then you just, all you do is double tap it when you finish it and it keeps track oh, and then cool. you get streaks and oh, I like that. you can look back and see what all that you did for the past, you know, two weeks. Oh. So for me, I used it really for working out and meditation. Oh, and I like that. Yeah. Every time you do it, you just put a double dot. And even if it's not the best, it counts and it makes a huge difference. Yeah. When you see the progress, it's different because people don't acknowledge what they do. Like people were designed to notice the one negative thing out of the hundred or the 99 positive things because it's a survival mechanism. We're meant to survive, not thrive. We're not made to thrive. That goes outside of where we are. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, I kind of agree with that. I think that's right. And I think that it's really important to see that progress, like you say, because yeah. when you see it, 
you write down a list, you see it, or you give it. It's like when I was a kid, I had like I put a gold star on this uh, paper on the fridge for everything I did. It was like brush my teeth, you know, comb my hair, then do my homework and all that. I put a star on after I was finished after each one, and then at the end of the week, I got like a gold star or like a super shiny star. And I would get like a toy or something, like a cheap toy, like it was like a dollar or something or, you know, but it was still cool. It felt cool. Yeah. Um, but seeing that progress is huge. And I also want to stay, state that it's really important. This is huge for me. I was for years stuck in the mode of just being busy and not actually getting things done. Yeah. That's a huge one. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you can make your time unuseful. Uh, by just, you know, doing things that you probably shouldn't be doing, like just, you know, like hanging out with friends and not doing anything or just watching TV or, you know, just moving places in the house or scrolling on Facebook or scrolling on Instagram, yeah. you know, staying busy. And you can even be like, you know, kind of talking to people there, but your whole day can go by and you can realize you did nothing. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I was doing the math and apparently... If you just add one extra hour a day, just one of like, I'm going to get up an hour earlier tomorrow from now on, you get, I think it was, you get nine extra weeks of time a year, like full on, like 24 hours each. Just for one hour. Yeah. To, to get things done. That's crazy. It's, it's like... Wait, hold on. But that's under the assumption that you go to bed at the same time still. Yeah. <laughs> man, my sleep schedule is all screwed up, yeah. man. I was telling him I, I had lunch at six yesterday. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't know who has lunch. I mean, sometimes, I think no matter what, it's considered dinner, but that was just your second meal. Sometimes, man, I, I don't know. See, consistency is the, the, one it of the is. toughest things to build, but when you build it, you're an animal. But see, I'm easy on myself. I'm hard and easy on myself at the same time. I'm sure like with OCD, like, are you extra hard on yourself? Like, ah, I screwed up. It's even worse than... I've never in my entire life for one day been easy on myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. That's not a really? joke. That is not a joke. There yeah. has never been a day gone that has gone by where I'm just like, eh, that's okay. I did that, but it's fine. I think that... I mean, not even for an hour or no. something? No. If, as wow. soon as I do something that I don't feel is up to my standards, I am very hard on myself. And I will oh, yeah. literally, like sometimes if I do too many in a row, I will go into a depression. Like yeah. I will make myself depressed over something stupid. See, we got, we have these visual, like mentally visual checklists for like what we did wrong for the day. Yeah. I think of that all the time. It's sad that I, like people hold these these charts in their heads of I did this wrong, I did that wrong, this didn't go my way. But like, if I had if I said I'm going to pay someone a thousand dollars to say what positive things they did all day, I, it'd be a lot harder. You can do it, but it'd be a lot harder than the negatives. The negatives are like, oh yeah, I knew I, I want to get it off my chest. I yep. sucked at this. I look like crap here. This didn't work out. This didn't go the way I wanted. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that, you know, my father told me to do, well, you know, as a parent, you know, teaching me was every day before you start your day, you wake up and you say at least three things that you're grateful for. Yes. And they can't be the same thing. 
You have to say new things. You can't just recite it like, you know, a prayer like or homework, something. You yeah. know what I mean? Like homework. Exactly. You have to think of things that you are grateful for, for this day in this present moment. Before you look at your phone, before you get up, before you do these other things, that is how you start your day. I agree completely. And it makes a difference. I forget. I get out of the habit because, you know, life happens. You get busy. You sleep in a little too long. You got to go to work and you're like, I don't even have time to shower today. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? So you got to. Right. That's weird. Not showering for a day. (laughs) (laughs) Don't know what you're talking about. No one does that. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's one thing that I think really does help is because there's so much negativity in the world, so much negativity. And I think it is harder to find the positive and you have, because you have to really look for it and you have to make an effort for it. Right. Yeah. It's in our nature to, when we mess up to be like, oh man, I messed up. Right. You know, when you were wrong, but when you do something right, we don't praise ourselves for doing something right. And Mm. not, and a lot of the time, even then we don't think we're deserving of yeah, then we don't think we're deserving because all we're thinking about is the negative things that we did. Yeah, and it makes sense because if you look, don't be hard on yourself because it's like a, it's a survival mechanism. That's what we're made to do is so that we can protect us. We're doing it out of love in a funny way, but it doesn't come off that way. And right. especially when we abuse ourselves and get into detail about it and hold on to it, it it's supposed to be one of those things that you just acknowledge. That's nice. Okay, that sucks. Great. Now I'm going to move on. I'm going to, I'm going to apply what I learned out of that. It's kind of like if you like uh, if you buy a salad just for the croutons. <laughs> what? I've never heard of this. But I know go people on. like that. I know people. It's not me. Are you saying you? It's okay. no. It's okay if you are. I do. You just buy no. the croutons. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> like. You know, or, or if there's something in your meal that you just want to pick out, like you don't like, like I don't like oh, olives. Peas. Yeah. Ugh. Peas are gross. So like, it's just picking it out. You know, you just pick it out. You pick out the parts that don't matter, that don't serve you. And you take the part that does, that gives you nutrients. And then you move on with your day. You're not going to hold a salad for the rest of your day. Like for the rest of the day. Like, I don't like the salad. The salad sucks. Hey, what's your name? Yeah. I don't like the salad. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we do. Yeah. We hold on to the stuff that we don't like and we just like carry it around with us all day. How do you let go of the things that are bothering you? It's harder than you think. I'm I'm not, not saying you're I'm perfect not, at it and you're like, yeah, oh, I'm there's this master. Case. But what what are some of the things that you do? Some of the things that I do, you said to let go of, of the negative things? Yeah. So like when you have, when you know you did something or it's bothering you or you're, you know, like things that can weigh us down, right? Weigh yeah. you down. What do you do to let them go so that, like, oil on your back? How do you let them go? Well, it depends. Some things are harder to let go than other things, like, you know, relationships with a family member that you don't like or something, or some stuff. You just got to, I feel like it really comes down to just being accepting that you're not perfect. You take time, mm, like that's anything so else. That's so good. That's so good. And then just wait, say that, say that again. Say that again. You're not that again. <laughs> <laughs> You're not perfect. That it, we have to accept that yes. we are not perfect. We have and to accept. I that. think that that is so hard to do. I don't know about you, but I that's incredibly hard for me. It'd be a perfectionist mindset, and it'd drive me crazy. You got to play. I would say play over perfection. Play with the day. Play with the things that come your way, instead of trying to say this has to be 
Because you're Can not you going to give get us an example. I mean, like if you're dealt some bad cards, if something, if like no way that you play, that you play with, yeah, something, something that could have been taken seriously, but you decided to play with it instead, and it worked out for you. Well, I think just attitude-wise, playing attitude. Okay, you know, like something. I mean, even little thing, like it helps the most with little things. I think, like if you got to do the dishes, you got to go. Like, there's two people. I hate the dishes. <laughs> I hate laundry. I can do laundry. Uh, that's easy. I hate touching like old food or food that's not edible. But you were saving it for later. No, I was not. <laughs> so I would say, imagine two different people. There's one person that's just like super serious. I'm sure people listening are like, I already know this person or this person is me. Um, Super serious, like, oh, I gotta go to the store, I gotta go to the bank, I gotta go to the bank, I gotta do this, and they just bleh, all day. Yeah. And how fun is that? You're being serious, it's you're terrible. To, you're just being about the thing. You're, that's a very mild case of perfectionism in a sense, because you're just, it's a checklist. You've made your life a checklist, and you're yes. just, and if you don't check it off, you're a failure. And if you do check it off, you don't really, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. You just got it done, and that's just one one little notch in your day. Yeah, yeah. And what I like to do, I the other kind of person. Imagine the other kind of person is like, you know what? I I'm gonna do the dishes, and I'm gonna put something in there that makes it fun. Like even just thinking about why I'm doing it. Like, well, I'm gonna do the dish. I'll like imagine stupid stuff. Like I'll I'm gonna do the dishes because I'd rather do clean the dishes than have my dogs lick the plates and then put the plates back in the cupboard. <laughs> You should just do that, though. <laughs> I've tried, but the guests don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you tell them? <laughs> it doesn't matter, Jake. These are real, authentic, dung, <laughs> dog-licked dishes. <laughs> they do such a good job. Could be dung, too. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I hope not. But, you know, and it, like, it can be playful visually. It can be playful in the way of just, like, just being playful with positivity and just saying, okay, well, you know what? I'm going to start caring about, like, why do I do the things I do? I think getting clear, like we were saying before, is so important. Like, I, why am I cleaning the dishes? I don't have to. Well, why do you get up to pee? You don't have to get up to pee. You can just pee your pants when you're in bed in the morning. You never have to get up. Why do you do it? Obviously, it's because you care about yourself in some sense enough to get up, go to the bathroom. You care about your pants not getting your wet. <laughs> you care about, <laughs> well, then you you have care to do about more laundry. Relief. You care laundry. <laughs> See, you stop yourself from doing more laundry. Yeah. Like, there's a whole lot. I'm not like trying to dig here, but it's like, if if you don't believe me, sit in bed all day, wet your pants, don't do anything, don't do your dishes, don't do anything, don't take care of yourself at all. And then you'll start seeing why you do the things you do. It's like, well, I'm starting to realize, okay, okay, maybe I do care about this and that. But you don't acknowledge those things. So I like to say, like some people say like, you know, oh, I get to. But I'm like, I don't want to say I get to do chores. Screw that. You know, like I say I deserve to. Because when you say you deserve to do something, you start seeing why it's important. Like I deserve to go to the store because I deserve to get to be nourished. I deserve to get out, get some fresh air. I deserve to go and be free and see what kind of food I want to buy. I deserve to go spend spend the money that I earned and feel proud that I earned that money. There's a whole bunch of things you can find and it doesn't hurt. Like even if it sounds like it's stupid, it actually helps you more than it hurts you because 
you just, by acknowledging the things you do, you start appreciating yourself and you start saying, I don't need to be perfect because I already do enough for myself. Hmm. You know, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess the, the main takeaway from this is start saying, I deserve to do this. Yeah. Right. Not, not yeah. I get to, or not, I don't want to, I deserve to do this. And it's not like a, like, right. Make sure I'm understanding this. Like, it's not a self entitled, like I'm no, entitled to no. this, right? It's more like <clears throat> I deserve to do this because I worked for that. Yeah. You're not saying I deserve this. You're saying I deserve to take action. It's about you. It's like about what you're going to do. Right. You know, and, um, saying you deserve something really, it really does open you up to thinking about it. Like, oh man, do I deserve that? And why do I deserve that? Why is that important? Yeah. What do you think someone should, should do to, to be, feel more in control, you know, if they have that. I feel like, um, the playful attitude type thing is really helpful Yeah, because, you know, for instance, for me, or I mean, really any type of OCD, it's a pretty serious thing, right? Mine is more an invisible OCD. Like I don't do things that people actively notice. Um, like some are, you know, more debilitating than others for sure. Oh yeah. Um, but I don't think any, we're not trying to measure pain here, but, um, the playful thing is huge because it's, like you said earlier, you know, like you got to be able to make fun of yourself sometimes too. You got to have a good time with things. And if you're making everything a checklist, a task, and then you're just criticizing yourself on everything you do, like that's not, that's not living a quality life, right? The quality of life is very low at that point. Oh yeah. So accepting the fact that we are not perfect and no human being is perfect. I think that and learning to be playful is super helpful. Not even just to people with OCD, human beings that are normal, that are just going through their life and not feeling like they're doing much with it. Yeah, I agree. And so to recap everything we basically said, getting clear with what the thing is, opening up about it, um, playing instead of perfection, acknowledging things, including acknowledging yourself and things you do and saying that you deserve to do something. I deserve to take the action of something for something. And what else? Did we miss anything else? And just learning to be compassionate. I mean, we don't yeah. know what people are going through. You, you, know, you would never like, know looking at us yeah, that, that we had never gone through that, anything. Exactly. You know? <laughs> but you know, like when, when your server pisses you off because they bring their food late and they're just really not in it and you feel like they're not giving you the attention, like you don't know what's going on at home. Yeah. You know, you don't know if they just are struggling to make their rent and they're dealing with it right now, or if someone died or if uh, they were in a breakup. I mean, we just don't know what people are going through. So I think this day and age, it's easy to judge people. And I think that's what's preventing us from being compassionate towards people. Cause once you really 100. find out about that person, if they open up like you and I are doing right now, you see them differently and you want to care a little bit more. That's the whole point of why I made this podcast. I <laughs> exactly. want, I just want to bring to light the things that we are not talking about, the things that we are saying, like don't really, it's like we're afraid to put out there. Vulnerability and compassion are the greatest things you can ever have. And yet they're highly underestimated because it's scary and it can hurt and it's out of your comfort zone. We get it. But like I said earlier, when I was depressed, the only thing 
that got me out of depression was giving to other people and being compassionate. I didn't even care about myself. I could genuinely say that. I didn't care about myself at all. I didn't care what happened to me. All I cared about was just giving. That was the only thing in the world that mattered because I was like, well, if I can make a difference to one person, then I've made a difference and I somehow mattered in this world. I did something. I changed someone's life and who knows, they could have a huge domino ripple effect. You never know. You, you never, never know you what action tell. is going to really trigger that next 20, 30 actions. Yeah, you just don't the, know. Some of the greatest artists aren't even famous in their time while they're alive. So if you think that your, that your actions have to show now, well, ask yourself, is it about your ego or is it because you actually want to make a difference? Because what if I told you that you were going to be the most important person in the world 100 years after you died? Mm. Would you still do what you're doing or is it about image? Mm. That's a really great question. I think that's a good thought. I, the, the one thing that shifted my life from, from the entertainment industry to doing this and just caring about being, a, it's just being about a vessel. I'm, my goal is to be a vessel for people. I don't care if I'm seen or heard, I, but I have all this. I love this. This is a great tool, but it's not about that. I want people to invite themselves into their own lives. And if this is what it takes, great. But I'm not doing this as like a, uh, I, I want to be a cool podcast host with my own stuff just to be all cool. I just feel like if you have something to give and you have something to offer, offer it with vulnerability, give it with compassion, and then share it with the world so that they can share it with themselves and other people around them. Beautiful. Yeah. Couldn't be said better. Well, you try it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. <laughs> I hope you're feeling better, man. Yeah. Yeah. I am. You know, I just, I'm going to feel better once people leave comments and I know that like my pain, <laughs> yeah, my pain is helping someone else or maybe not even helping them. Maybe they just feel like, man, someone finally just talked about the way that I'm feeling. Yep. That's the whole thing. That, that, that will feel really good for me. That's, I mean, like I'm not making money off this, so. Yep. Me neither. <laughs> I, and I love that, uh. That's what this is really about. Like, that's what makes this different yeah. is that it's not a fairy dust motivation. It's not therapy. I'm not coaching you. They're not coaching yeah. me. This is like, can we just have like a real conversation that's deep and we're not afraid to talk about the stuff where like our insecurities and our past and our vulnerability? Because from what I've seen, those are the things that I've always been afraid to talk about. But every time I somehow it's gotten through, someone was like, thank you for saying that. Cause I relate. And I feel like I'm not the only one and you don't know who's, who's suffering. They'll you, it's the people you least expect. Yep. So like, and subscribe, <laughs> like, and subscribe, uh, Jake, where can they find every, where can everybody uh, find you? Instagram at Jake Abramson. Uh, it's with two N's. It's not how I spell my name, but the other one was taken. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and jerk. I know uh, it's by bot. Um, oh, and, really? That's stupid. I, literally, I, there's no name there. I've even went on Instagram. You can't find my. I don't is there know where you happened. can buy that. 
Dude, it's invisible. You just—that's It's so not even dumb. there. You can't search it. And then when I try to do it, it says it's taken. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's I think not that's taken the same anywhere. with my name too. I don't. That's weird. Whatever. Anyway, and then um, if you want mixing, mastering, production, or singing, uh, go to www.imoknotok.com. It's a. He's got a soft, velvety voice. I do. Mixed with a day to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, somewhere, somewhere in those lines. And uh, you can find me uh, at nick.goodlife. There's no K in Nick on Instagram. And I see dot good. Um, and site nicknicklaughlin.com. So go ahead and subscribe. Help us out. And spread the word of vulnerability, authenticity, and uh, maybe this will help out someone today. Or send this to somebody that you know really needs to hear this episode. Welcome to the good life. Welcome to the good life. (laughs) 